Welcome to the Friday Five, a series in which we cover five stories in health and science research over the previous week that you may have missed. There are plenty of controversies and ethical issues in science, and we get into many of them in our online magazine. But there are also lots of stories to be excited about, and this news roundup is focused on scientific work to give you a therapeutic dose of inspiration headed into the weekend. First up in the Friday Five, we hear a lot about getting your 10,000 steps per day, but studies in recent years have also shown that the speed of those steps makes a big difference in the health benefits they'll deliver. Other research is backing this up, showing that the intensity of your exercise really matters. And now scientists from Tel Aviv University have found that kicking it up a notch can do a lot to bring down the chances of getting cancer. They looked at 3,000 people, followed their exercise habits over 20 years, and found that high-intensity aerobic workouts were linked to 72% fewer cases of cancer spreading through the body. They also studied animals in the lab to understand why. Just like humans, the animals that did demanding exercises were much less likely to get deadly tumors. And when they looked at the animal's organs, they found the cells there had many more receptors for glucose. Basically, these receptors turn the organs into sugar-hungry machines, working much like muscles do and eating up lots of sugar to convert it to energy. This is bad news for cancer because it means that tumors have much less glucose to use as fuel for taking joy rides around our bodies. If you're not crazy about the pain part of no pain, no gain, you should know that researchers think you could get the benefits from pretty short bursts of intense exercise. The Israeli researchers say it does more for cancer prevention than any medication we know of at this point. Next up, a story on how to reduce pain that has absolutely no gain, chronic back pain. We now have a device that can be implanted to stimulate muscles in the back that aren't working right, which often results in a less stable spine. Researchers at Harvard Medical School followed people using this device for 60 minutes a day over three years. Their average age was 47, and they'd had their chronic pain for over a decade and had already tried pain medication and physical therapy without getting better. The Harvard team found that pain went down 50% for the vast majority of them using the device. 83% were highly satisfied with the treatment. Of the people who'd been on opioids, almost half completely stopped using them. The scientists found no side effects like the spread of lead around the body, which has been an issue with other implants. With temperatures dropping, it's the perfect time of year for a hot cup of tea and maybe a hot cup of Alzheimer's prevention at the same time. Over 6 million people in America are affected by Alzheimer's, and the rates will keep going up as the population gets older in the near future. And there's been no shortage of research dollars poured into finding a drug that could deliver a cure. But beyond that, some natural compounds have shown early promise in research. This past week, scientists at Tufts published a study in which they compared the effects of 20 ingredients on tiny 3D versions of living brain cells, called organoids, to see which ones could halt the spread of amyloid plaques, the misfolded proteins that show up in the brain when people get Alzheimer's. Two of the compounds beat out the others. Catechins, found in green tea, and resveratrol, found in red wine, blueberries, cranberries, and peanuts, among other foods. Scientists have wondered for years about a wide range of potential benefits for both catechins and resveratrol, but the approach in this study is especially promising because it's a quick and simple way to model the effects of compounds on diseases. And in this case, they were pretty dramatic. The plaques disappeared after just one week, with no side effects seen. Three other compounds that performed well were metformin, curcumin, and citicoline. Before you start taking them as supplements, we still don't know how well they work in the body. In the near future, research could focus on tweaking each compound to improve their ability to make it through the blood-brain barrier. 
Next up, the world's oldest known disease is getting a major rebrand this week, as scientists at the University of Edinburgh have found that leprosy could make older livers young again. This is important because the liver shrinks about 20-40% as we get older. It loses its ability to break down cholesterol, and a number of liver diseases become more common, like fatty liver disease and hepatitis C. So why would anyone think that leprosy, a disease that infects the nerves, skin, and other parts of the body, could help? Well, the researchers had found before that the bacteria that causes leprosy isn't satisfied with attacking our livers, so it's evolved to figure out how to regenerate cells in the liver in order to make the organ larger so there's more tissue to infect. In the recent study published in Cell Reports Medicine, the research team found that livers and armadillos almost doubled in size. We already know how to reprogram cells back to a younger state through cell therapy conducted in labs. In fact, the discovery earned a Nobel Prize in 2012. But those therapies have been linked to cancerous growths. By contrast, the Edinburgh scientists found the bacteria's natural process results in normal, healthy tissue. If the scientists can learn more about how this process works, it could one day be used to regenerate other organs. Before you go signing up for leprosy, remember this research was done in armadillos, so we don't know how well it would work in humans. Plus, we'll have to figure out how to get the benefits without the effects of the disease. With the recent bridge collapse in India that killed over 130 people, including 50 children, bridge safety is on a lot of people's minds these days. So a new study from a group of researchers at MIT, the U.S. Military Academy, and Lehigh couldn't be more timely. They tested whether average citizens could actually be the ones testing out the safety of bridges as they cross them. It turns out that every one of us has the potential to be an expert safety monitor in collaboration with each other, at least if we're carrying a smartphone. Our phones have very sensitive monitors, called accelerometers, that can pick up vibrations in bridges. One phone won't tell us much, but data on these vibrations streaming in from about 100 phones can show which bridges are vibrating too much and need to be fixed up, according to the research, which was conducted on the Golden Gate Bridge and a bridge in Italy. For those of you who just smacked your head thinking this will be an excuse for more pork and barrel projects, the research team thinks this will actually save money because it's less expensive than the current way of attaching sensors to the bridges. Plus, engineers will be alerted more often to problems that could be nipped in the bud before they turn into more expensive fixer-uppers, adding as much as 30 years to a bridge's lifespan. The paper was published in a nature journal called Communications Engineering just two days after the bridge collapse in India. As always, you can find links to each study I've discussed this week in the show notes. And please check out the leaps.org magazine online, where you can learn about the latest and most important challenges and developments in science, such as this week, an article on whether religious people will reject pig organs, and a story on scientists studying electrical brain stimulation for improving memory. Overall, the leaps.org platform looks at innovations through the lens of rational optimism. You can find out what to be concerned about, but we also tell you which scientific breakthroughs are giving reason for excitement. Thanks for listening to the Friday Five, and have a great weekend.